Welcome, welcome to the Create a Dynasty podcast. Tonight, dynasty is born, baby. Where chasing championships never ends. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank. And find us on Facebook and YouTube. The road to glory begins now. As we discuss draft strategy, trade advice, and player evaluation to help you create a dynasty. Yes, it's a dynasty. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a Creative Dynasty podcast, where we bring you everything you need to know to create a great dynasty team. My name is Lou, here with Ben and Nate. What's up, y'all? Hello. So, how are you guys doing? I, we recorded our mailbag show, so that's going to come. That's Hopefully, everyone's heard that. Since then, how have you guys been? I've been great. Uh Living in Hawaii has its perks. So uh, every you know, day is pretty good. every time you you lead off with that, it's 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 a little <laughs> annoying for the people who don't live there. Sorry, sorry. Wait, well, dude, I, you I, live I, in Arizona. <laughs> no, I don't. In Cali, bro. I'm talking? in Cali. I don't live in Arizona. Same thing. What's the difference? I don't live Between by the Hawaii beach. Just just because it's California doesn't mean I live by the beach. Never mind. <laughs> All right, so today we're going to be getting into some news, uh, Bargain Bin, and then we're going to get into the NFC North. And of course, we want to get you ready for next year, Prospect of the Week, and then we're going to go over a Twitter analysis. Let's go ahead and get into the news now. So Washington, Darius Geis deals with hamstring injury, questionable for training camp. What do you guys think of that? Scary, as a uh, Darius Geis truther. Um, that he's dealing with another injury, but we saw something similar last year with Dalvin Cook uh, coming off an ACL injury just like Darius Geis had. Dalvin Cook was slow to get back to full strength, and he tried to come back earlier than he should have, and it led to some of these soft tissue issues. Soft tissue issues. So that's kind of something I'm worried about with Darius Geis is, is he rushing himself back? And uh, quite frankly, Washington doesn't have to. They brought back Adrian Peterson on a two-year deal. There's no need to push Geis and have him potentially hurt himself further. Um, I think a lot of us knew that Geis might be slow to start 2019, and he's more of a back-half player for 19 and beyond. So I'm comfortable with it. I'm not excited here that he's hurt again, but it's not something that I think derails him from uh, his status for me. Yeah. No, I agree. I think – and the position that Dalvin Cook was in where they literally had to make him start and play and play through it is going to hurt him in the long run. Whereas Darius Geis has, you know, Adrian Peterson to manage that load for him. So if you thought 2019 was his year, I'm sorry. It will probably happen in 2020, but he should hopefully, knocking on wood, be healthy for 2020. And that's when you'll see a change of the guard there in Washington. No, I agree. For Dynasty, is not doing anything for me because I'm drafting him not thinking he's going to be really that fantasy relevant or at least consistently for this year anyway. So it doesn't do much for me as far as drafting him in a Dynasty. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of much of the, it's just, yeah, it's news that we thought we weren't going to get him anyway for the first half. So if he's yeah. hurt for a training camp, whatever. Exactly. So New York Jets, Chris Henderson is suspended for four games for DUI. Yeah. So Chris Herndon, he uh, had a breakout rookie. Herndon, game. you're right. Sorry. I said Henderson. You're Herndon. You're good. Uh, had a, actually the fifth all time uh, fantasy points scored by a rookie tight end in, in, in recent history. Um, so he, he's a stud, guys. Uh, he's he's a, a great player. He's a heck of an athlete out of the University of Miami. But he broke the law. And I know we've talked about uh, the correct punishments and the things that should happen when you break the law. And the law uh, deemed that he'll be suspended for four games for a DUI he had in June of 2018. Um, but, I mean, fellas, last year he finished his rookie year as tight end 16 in PPR. Uh, saw 56 targets, 502 yards, and had four touchdowns. So, yeah, it's a new offense, but the kid's talented. He's young. He's got a bright future. Uh, four games sucks. Uh, getting a DUI is even worse. But uh, from a dynasty fantasy football perspective, uh, I think his outlook doesn't necessarily change. It's four games. You're going to get him back after that. Um, I haven't seen anything that would suggest that this is a pattern of behavior for him. I think it was a mistake, and I think he's learned from it. And so it doesn't change his value for me in Dynasty. Yeah, no, I agree. So, like, there's the real-life view where it's, you know, don't do that. That's bad. I hope you learn from it. I hope he's, you know, sorry about it. And it just never becomes a problem again. And we're going to switch over to the Dynasty side of fantasy football, whereas four games, the tight end, it's fine. We all knew this was coming for months now. Right. Uh, he's still going to be very, very, very good in years to come because he's only, what, 22, 23? 23. So, yeah, and if I can get him at even a more discounted price because he's going to be gone for four games, I'll take it. No, I agree. It Again, young piece, great for the future, and I agree. So, for me, guys, in getting into this news coming out of L.A., L.A. Chargers, I see it and I get very annoyed because why is it that for the past three seasons, we're having to get into some dumb news that's going to affect us, especially when it comes down to our, like a top tier running back. Malvern Gordon could hold out into the season. Last year we had Bell and then we had the issues with Zeke the year before that. Can we just have a good normal off season with all, all this yeah, I think that's the way the NFL is going, though. Um, we talked about in the mailbag episode about not being in uh, standard leagues, which was the NFL in the early ni- – I'm sorry, the 90s and the early 2000s was was really running back-based. If you didn't have a legit running back, you were not a good football team. Well, that's since changed to where teams are passing it and spreading the ball around. So the running back in real football has, has lost value significantly. Uh, to the point where you see guys, uh, and this isn't a knock on Damian Williams, but Damian Williams can just show up, be the third string guy all year, and then all of a sudden he's a fantasy darling. He's winning you championships. So it's it's different that the running back has, has changed. And so Melvin Gordon is completely replaceable, in my opinion. He's getting older, um, just like Bell was. Uh, Zeke, different cat, different story, uh, different set of circumstances, but – with Bell holding out, he was holding out to become a free agent. He had already played a season under the tag. Melvin Gordon is still in the last year of his contract. So even if he holds out this year, they can tag him again. And what is he going to sit out twice? I don't know. So I don't think Melvin Gordon has the leverage that he thinks he does. 
No, I mean, you saw it with Bell. Bell didn't have the leverage. And I think we, even to this day, we still consider Bell a, a better running back than Gordon, right? Gordon's just probably in the better offense. Yeah, it'd be close for me. Uh, sitting out a year worries me with health, worries me with commitment to the game, obviously. But uh, I'd say that they're pretty close. If I'm, if I'm looking at winning one football game and I got to pick one of those guys, I, I'd say it's, it's pretty even. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he even said it when uh, Lev Bell was holding out. There's a video of him saying it was, this man gave you five to six years of his life and you're not going to pay the man? That's wrong. So, I mean, that's his mindset going into it is like, it's like any other job you go into as a normal person. Like you gave five to six years and you go in and ask for a raise and your boss says no. Like, you're going to be pissed about it. So I, I can get that from him. And there's also the, you know, GM point of, well, hey, you know, we have Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson who proved when you were hurt, which has been multiple times now, that they are just as good or they can fill that role. So we don't really need you. So I see it from both points. But in all honesty, what I'm hoping happens is Melvin Gordon gets traded and, you know, to a team like Tampa Bay, team like – Houston. Uh, Houston. And yeah, everyone who was like, yeah, I don't want Melvin Gordon just regrets it. Now you said in Tampa Bay, if he goes to Tampa Bay, does that make that team very interesting for a Super uh, Bowl run? Yes. Their, no. their, their defense needs a lot of work, but that offense will be That's able right. to outshoot a lot of teams. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't, again, I'm not a big IDP guy, so I don't have a great breakdown of what their defense is. I just know it's not very good. Um, but they have the wide receiver weapons. You have the tight end weapon. I think Winston is a, is a good enough quarterback, and they improved the offensive line this offseason. So, running Melvin Gordon yeah. there can make them scary. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I know yeah. about about uh, IDP, I guess, is that, you know, Tampa Bay got rid of their best uh, linebacker and Quan, and, you know, just the 49ers got him. That's it. Of course. Uh, yeah. Not bad. But, <laughs> but yeah. On the Super Bowl point, of, like, it's very hard to score doesn't matter if you're in peewee football or all the way up in NFL, but it's very easy to get scored on. So, right. like, having a great offense is great. But what happens if, you know, when your players get hurt or, you know, just having a bad day where you can't run the ball and you become one-dimensional, you have to pass, or where your defense can't stop the other team. So you have this to become one This is the bargain bin. Bargain so, bin. That's why, like, you, just, you need to have – you need to be good and good in both in order to make the Super Bowl in right. my opinion, or just to win games. I agree. Yep, yep. All right, Ben, it's your time to shine, buddy. All right, hit it. This is the Bargain Bin. Bargain Bin. All right, so for this week, we're going to do Atlanta, and we're going to be focusing on Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. So first, Julio Jones has a wide receiver 7 ADP. Uh, sorry, he is the number seven wide receiver at ADP of 14. My fault. Players around that ADP are Joe Mixon at 11, Melvin Gordon at 12, who I could see dropping, uh, Nick Chubb 13, David Johnson 15, Todd Gurley 16. And then the players around Calvin Ridley's ADP, who is also uh, wide receiver 21 and ADP of 21. That should be 51, uh, sorry. 51. 51, sorry. Typing error. Our fault. We're professionals. Uh, players around the ADP of 51 are 
Leonard Fournette at 39, Cup at 40, Sony Michelle 41, Chris Godwin 42, Corey Davis 44, Darius Geis 46, and Mike Williams of 48. So the big talking point is we all know Ridley is the the heir apparent of the wide receiver one in Atlanta. With Julio being 30, but then again, it's Julio Jones. Like he could probably play till he's 36 and still be a top five wide receiver. Uh, and just like at 30, where you think, you know, this is the, the age that people start to fall off at. He had 113 receptions on 170 targets for 1,677 yards and eight TDs. And freaky is that he's been over 1,400 yards receiving since 2014. And with that, uh, he's always been in the top seven uh, wide receivers in fantasy football. So uh, I think we all knew this when he came in. Dude's an absolute freak and will be a freak until he retires. Uh, So that's just the big question of when is he going to retire and when is that torch going to get passed to Calvin Ridley? Because Calvin Ridley's rookie year looked really, really, really promising. Uh, He finished his wide receiver 22. Uh, He had 64 catches for 92 targets on 92 targets. For 821 yards, I do believe he was the only rookie to get above 800 yards in receiving this uh, that year. Uh, and he had a crazy amount of 10 touchdowns, which I see regression coming, but I see receptions going up as well. Right. So that, that's just the thing, is it? Do you pass on Julio there to get your nice stud running back and, you know, get Calvin Ridley, who can still be your wide receiver one week from – or at times during the week, and a very solid wide receiver too? Or do you pick up Julio and now try to pick up running back later? Okay, so I, I typed this up wrong. His ADP is 43. So hopefully that makes a little more sense with why we're talking about guys with ADPs of 39, 40, 41. Calvin Ridley's ADP Making is number 43, but he's wide receiver 21. I'm sorry. Make me personally, <laughs> I think, dude, Julio is a, is a unicorn, man. He is one of those guys <laughs> where we talk about the big body receiver not being able to play very long in the NFL anymore. Julio has played for a long time. He's put up fantastic stats. But I, I just – I cannot bet against this man. He continually – even when he has horrific touchdown numbers, like uh, last season he had, I want to say, two touchdowns. He scored three touchdowns. I'm sorry. Still had 1,444 yards on 88 catches and finishes a wide receiver seven. The man scored three touchdowns and was a top seven wide receiver. So And also, like, did you see – I think it was the Washington game when he started, like, that touchdown streak? Yes. On that first touchdown they had, did you see how the team reacted? Like, the entire team. Yes. No, he means a like, lot to they them. Were, yeah, they were elated to see him score. And it was like – Oh, all right. Yeah, he's he's a great guy, and also like they want him in that end zone. <laughs> yes, he's a phenomenal teammate. From what I understand, what I what I gather uh, from reading articles about him, is he's an awesome guy. He's thirty years old, and yeah, he's getting up there. But he is the heart and soul of that offense. For me personally, dude, I'm taking Julio, and then I'll grab, uh, give me Darius Geis or give me Leonard Fournette around Calvin Ridley's ADP, and I'll roll with that. Uh, because I think Julio probably has another four or five years at elite uh, production. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't bet against Julio. If if I if straight up, I mean, I like the value of Ridley, and I think Ridley's going to be pretty good this year. I actually have him um, 
high wide receiver too. Um, but Julio is like you said, Nate, he's a unicorn. Yep. You're you're not gonna get that same production from Ridley, even though he has pretty good value. And yeah, you're right. I would take someone like a guy. Even I mean, you want to take another young wide receiver? You can in Mike Williams, right? Or Cooper Cup. Or Cooper Cup. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I'm with you guys. I would, I would take Julio too, especially if it's at the back end of round one into round two. But yeah, I mean, I think if Calvin Ridley has another year like he did this year or last year, this year. I think that I think this conversation could go much differently. Well, I think you hit it on the head, Ben, when you said I expect some regression in the touchdowns, but I expect the volume in the passing game to go up and 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 meet that floor of regression. So yeah, yeah, yeah. ten touchdowns on on ninety two targets is not probably sustainable. But if you can bring the targets and bring the receptions up, you can bring the touchdowns down and still get a quality wide receiver. Lou, I have him projected as wide receiver 18 for the 2019 season. So I think we're in about the same ballpark there. Yeah. Let me, let me see what I have him. How many targets did he have or how many receptions did he have last year? I'm pulling it up. 56. 64. 64. 64. Yeah. I have him somewhere in the eighties. So I can definitely make up for it. Right. Um, yeah, I have him as a 15 wide receiver, 15. So we're, we're about there. Yep. I got him for yeah. 76 and, catches. So. Yep. And in that offense, that offense can certainly sustain two elite wide outs. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, I agree. Um, but no Julio Jones. Yeah. So let's go ahead and start the meat of this show. I know you guys are excited to get into it guys. Calm down, calm down because I know this is your division. <laughs> I know it is. Um, But before we get into that, I do want to go ahead and get into this. This podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com, our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. All right, guys, let's go ahead and start with your team, the Detroit Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions. Yes, this is the gear, baby. Hold on, hold on. Every year. Before you get before you get into it, do you really think, man? You guys are sounding like some Eagle fans that I know. Hey, hey, settle down. (laughs) It worked out for them though. They got a Super Bowl, so we keep following that path. Maybe we're next. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Nah, so yes, this whole yes, episode This episode is dedicated to the NFC North, and so Ben and I are both from Michigan. So we'll start with the Detroit Lions, um, a team last year that kind of changed head coaches. Um, had a rookie head coach, Matt Patricia, coming over from New England. Uh, did not make the playoffs. Fell short of expectations a little bit, but. Uh, we can't really expect the world from a rookie coach to, to launch the team in year one. So we're expecting bigger things going forward. Uh, they hired uh, Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator. You might know him from his days in Seattle uh, with that offense and won a Super Bowl there. So the quarterback for Detroit's Matt Stafford. I have him ranked as my dynasty QB 19. He's 31 years old and he's entering his 11th NFL season. Uh, his 2018 was actually pretty bad. He never posted a top 12 quarterback week throughout all of 2018, but prior to 2018, it only finished outside the top 10 in all of quarterbacks. 
just once since he's been healthy. He had some health issues his first two years in the NFL. Outside of that, he only finished outside of the top ten just once. In 2018, he had 367 completions on 555 attempts for 3,777 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. And so the low touchdown numbers is what drove him down uh, to being the, the uh, a lower-level quarterback and not producing those, those QB1 weeks. Is this a fluke or is it a sign of things to come with a new coaching change? It's kind of one of those things where maybe, maybe this is what we're going to get on Matt Stafford and maybe it was just a bad year for him. He's in uh, his third year of a six-year deal, the highest-paid quarterback. At the time, now he's eighth in average annual value. His cap hits make him pretty much uncuttable until the 2021 season where his cap hits $30 million and his dead cap's only $10 million. So there's a potential out of 2020. Uh, for the running backs, they got Kerryon Johnson drafted last year in the second round. He's 22 years old, entering his second season. He only played 10 games in 2018, but despite only playing 10 games, he still finished as the PPR running back number 34. Had 641 yards on the ground with three touchdowns, averaging 5.3. I'm sorry, 5.4 yards per carry. Had 39 targets, 32 catches for 213 yards and a touchdown in 2018. He's in year two of his rookie deal. He's got two years left. Uh, he was the first Detroit Lions runner to run for over 100 yards since 2013 when Reggie Bush did it. Breaking uh, that curse. Thank God. <laughs> that was a heck of a game against New England, too. So, Matt, Patricia got the beat. I was there. It was awesome. Yeah, I wanted the to be entire, there. The entire place erupted. It was like uh, a two-yard run from his fourth and 17. Everyone's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wish I could have been there. Uh, so CJ Anderson, I had him as uh, the running back 67 for 2000 and uh, I'm sorry for dynasty value. He's 28 years old. He's entering his seventh NFL season. He played 11 games in 2018 across three different teams, Carolina, I believe the Oakland Raiders for a bit. And then the Los Angeles Rams where he made his dynasty uh, owners in week 16. Very happy. He finished as the running back 69 last year. Had a strong finish for the Rams. Like I said, week 16, he ran for 167 yards and a touchdown. Probably won you a couple weeks, or probably won you your championship if you were playing that week. Uh, for the 2018 season, he had 403 yards, two rushing touchdowns, but averaged over six yards a carry. He's not a real threat in the passing game, playing nine targets, five catches for 41 yards, but he did have a touchdown. He signed a one-year, $1.5 million deal with $450,000 in dead cap, so he's not going to get cut by the Lions. Um, the wide receiver core, uh, Kenny Galladay highlights it for Detroit. I have him as the wide receiver 16. He's 25 years old. He's entering his third NFL season. <clears throat> He's played 26 games in two seasons. Uh, last season, he was a wide receiver 21 on 119 targets, 70 receptions, 1,063 yards, and five touchdowns. He was a third-round pick in 2017, so he's on a standard rookie deal. Uh, so maybe we're getting an extension here soon because he's got uh, this season and next season on his rookie contract. So we probably expect the Lions to extend him and get into talks either late in this season or the offseason going into next year. Uh, Marvin Jones is the other wide receiver of note. I have him as my wide receiver 44 in Dynasty Value. He's 29 years old. He's entering his eighth NFL season. He missed seven games in 2018, but it only missed one game prior uh, since joining Detroit after leaving Cincinnati. He finished as a wide receiver 63 in, in 2018, but he was the wide receiver 11 in 2017. He had uh, 62 targets, 35 catches, 508 yards, and five touchdowns last season despite missing seven games. Uh, he has been Detroit's red zone guy, but the Lions drafted TJ Hawkinson, who we'll talk about in a second with with the eighth overall pick. So does that change Detroit's dynamic of who they're throwing to in the red zone? It's possible, but Marvin Jones is an elite red zone threat. 
Uh, when he did post his wide receiver 11 year in 2017, he was averaging over 18 yards a catch. So he is a big play threat as well. He's in year three of a five-year deal. Um, and in 2019, he's got a $6.4 million cap and 11.8 dead cap. Probably can't get out of that contract now, but in 2020, it changes to $9.2 million in cap hit with $5.3 million in dead cap. So if the Lions wanted to move on, they could in 2020. And finally, TJ Hawkinson, he's my dynasty tight end number three. A little bit of bias, but I truly think this kid is, is going to be remarkable. He's 22 years old, was the eighth overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft. He's only one of three tight ends to be taken in the top ten since 2006. He's the John Mackey Award winner, uh, which is given to the nation's top collegiate tight end each year. In his last season at Iowa, he posted 49 catches for 760 yards and six touchdowns, and he's an absolute animal when it comes to run blocking. Really allows the team to excel on the edge uh, with his run blocking ability. He's got the standard first-round pick deal, so that means he'll have a four-year contract with a team, op team option for the fifth. Uh, Daryl Bevel likes to use his tight ends in the red zone, so this is something where T.J. Hawkinson could be a threat in the red zone to score touchdowns. Guys, what do you think about the Lions? So let, yeah, let me – uh, let me let me go here real quick, Ben. The, I guess there's a couple things. There's a couple things I want to bring up. Hawkinson, you said he's your tight end number three in Dynasty. In Dynasty value, yep. Okay, so who do you have above him? I have George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Okay, and then where's Ertz fall for for you? Ertz is five for me. Uh, behind OJ Howard. Correct. Oh, all right. See, I, we're starting to get to know each other. <laughs> Really, more and more. I I get it. I get it. No, I mean, honestly, I can't be mad at that just because with O.J. Howard, he's not a, really a possessions guy. And then Ertz, age-wise, I'm assuming that's why you write him down a little bit, not on performance. Correct. No, he. Uh, this was a one-year deal. I'd obviously have Ertz much higher. But I think in the long term, I'd rather own T.J. Hawkinson over uh, Zach Ertz based on the no, I, the contract. No, I understand. I understand with because, I mean, we – I you guys, everybody who listens to this, we do talk here – off the show as well so nay i hit you up because we i think we are both big uh hawkinson fans and you more than me so i had to check with you because i was offered <laughs> i was offered a trade for jarvis landry for tj hawkinson straight up and a tight end and premium, i had to right? make tight end, tight end premium yeah. tight end premium and i had to make sure that i wasn't tripping because, you know, for a wide receiver, for a tight end, especially a rookie tight end, because stats show that tight ends really don't break out right away. Right. No. Exactly. So, I mean, but I, I just with the pieces that you have, and then when going into Stafford, I just want to read a couple numbers for you from the past few years, and I'm going to start at 2015 and go from – Yeah. Go to the to most recent, okay? Go for it. So, attempts – 2015, 592. I'm sorry. Yeah, completions, 398. And then 594, 388 in 16, 565, 371 in 17, 555, 367. And then the completion rate on that is 67, 65, 65, 66. So I think what that goes to show realistically – oh, sorry. And yards from there is four. 4,262, 4,327, 4,446, 3,777. So he didn't change. It's the pieces around him who changed for last year. Right. You had Tate. He was traded away. 
Marvin Jones got hurt, and then you got left with a rookie wide receiver in Galladay. Yeah, year two wide receiver with Galladay, but not much behind him. Year two, sorry, yes, yes. Yep. Not not much behind him at all. And who, who was the tight end? Uh, the lead tight end was Levine Toilolo, who is a career journeyman, most notable. There you go. Blocking. There you go. And then this year, it's like it's, they kind of loaded him back up again. He's getting Marvin Jones back, who, like you said, great touchdown guy, TJ Hawkinson, and then even Danny Amendola and Jesse James. Yep. So I think I think for him, his value or what he will produce this year is not so much on him because I think he'll get back to it. I just think there's a lot more options this year with quarterback. Yeah, I think that's why he's down the board a little bit. As I don't necessarily think it's a knock on him. Um, I just think it's the level of quarterback playing in the NFL has increased enough where you have more yes. attractive options elsewhere. And I don't, it's not a knock on Stafford. He's not throwing for 5,000 yards anymore. You know, if he was, then awesome. And he'd be higher up my ranks. But he's going to throw for 42 to 4,500 yards and 25 to 30 touchdowns. And for me, I can find – uh, more fantasy relevant quarterback in uh, with a rushing floor like Mar Jackson or Josh Allen. And there's just a bunch of more quarterback options where it's not necessarily him. I think it's just the NFL has improved as a whole. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, I mean, again, Super Bowl champs 2019 every year, no matter yeah. what. But uh, yeah, I see Matthew Stafford. I see the touchdowns going up. I think the yards will stay in the high 3,000s um, only because of on Johnson being in there and not having an offensive coordinator that just says, hey, it's first down. Let's hand the ball off to LeGarrette Blount up the middle and lose two yards and then try to recover from that. Yes, goodbye, Jim Bob. Um, yeah. And then when it comes to TJ Hawkinson, you guys are probably going to slit my throat, but I think – for year one and year two, Noah Font will be the better fantasy player only because I feel like they're going to put him in the Y or the slot position sure. more often than not. And whereas in real football, I think TJ Hudson is going to have the biggest impact out of all tight ends that have come out this year and last year. That's fair. So. Yeah, no, I'd get behind that. I think – I have Hawkinson. Let me pull up his stats. But I think I have him as the second receiver in Detroit. I have him. And while you're looking up that, I have Matthew Stafford down for 4,322 yards and 24 touchdowns. Yeah, I got him about 4,200 with uh, Hawkinson seeing about 15 more targets than Marvin Jones. So I think trying to draw the comparisons to Daryl Bevel, his offenses, they like to throw to the tight end in the red zone. But he hasn't – he didn't have a wide receiver like Marvin Jones and in Seattle. So it, it's hard to, to figure out who's going where, but I think like you said, Ben, um, it's great for us as Detroit Lion fans to have TJ Hawkinson because I think he's, he, I think he's going to have fantasy performances that are, are well worth a top 12. And I think in his career, he'll be a perennial top eight, top seven type tight end it may not be this year. It may not be next year, but I think his impact on the field is going to be much more uh, important. Yeah. So Yep. No, I mean, he's just going to do more for the run game because, again, um, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone who is a Lions fan that is listening, but we couldn't really run on the edge. And with him there, it kind of glues that up. Yeah. No, it's it's exciting. As, as a Lions fan, uh, we've had – we've won one playoff game since in the Super Bowl era, and uh, we have uh, 
never won a Super Bowl. Obviously, we've never won a playoff game in my lifetime or Ben's lifetime. So I'm not saying we're going to the playoffs this year, but I think this team's pointing in the right direction where I think I want to be buying TJ Hawkinson. I want to buy Kenny Galladay, and I most definitely want to buy Kerryon Johnson and get ahead of the curve before these guys break out. Yep. So are we pretty much comfortable where everybody's going? If you were to say buy high on somebody, Hawkinson, of course, right? I agree. Yep. Yep. Kenny Galladay, pretty much where he's going. The only concern with Galladay is he's 25 entering his third NFL season. So he's a little bit older. Yeah. There might be some younger guys you can get around the similar ADP, but I think Galladay is locked in as that bona fide one. So uh, like we talked about with Julio yeah. Jones, he, he's got that same yeah, frame. I was going to say, how many people that are younger than Galladay are the wide receiver one on their team? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. few, but there's not a lot. Yeah. Carry on Johnson, of course, where he's going. C.J. Anderson has a handcuff. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get a read on C.J. Anderson. They brought him in. Um, I mean, he performed well last year, but inexplicably, the Lions were using LeGarrette Blunt last year instead of Carry on Johnson in situations that screamed Carry on Johnson. So it, I'm a little curious what they do. It may be a frustrating situation to own in Detroit. Yeah, I can I can see that just because C.J. Anderson is – he's he proved last year he's still a good running back. Yeah, he's got yep. some tread on the tire. So Yeah, and then Matthew Stafford in a one QB league as a backup. Yes, yeah. uh, best ball. I like him in best ball as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So. Okay. All right. Chicago Bears are up next on the NFC North Tour. Uh, so Ben's guy, Mitchell Trubisky, I have him as the QB 18 in Dynasty. I know Ben's going to roast me for that. We'll talk about it in a second. But he's 24 years old. He's entering his third NFL season. Last season, he was QB 15 in year one with Matt Nagy. Posted 289 completions on 434 attempts for 3,223 yards, 24 touchdowns with 12 picks. He had 421 yards rushing with three touchdowns on 68 carries, so that helped boost him up a little bit. My concern is, is he Blake Bortles or is he the guy? Was this a one-year thing that he was lifted up by the tools around him and is rushing for? Or is he a legitimate quarterback that can be a – difference maker in fantasy football he's in year three of his rookie deal so first round pick he's got a team option for year five so i would expect an extension uh to start being talked about this year with a with a deal coming in the offseason at running back they drafted david montgomery in the third round of the 2019 nfl draft i have him as my running back 16 for dynasty value he's 22 years old he was an absolute stud at iowa state uh, he had two seasons over 1,100 yards rushing with 11-plus touchdowns. In my personal opinion, he's the most well-rounded running back in the 2019 class with production, uh, meaning Josh Jacobs was pretty dang good and pretty well-rounded, but Josh Jacobs never had a game over 100 yards rushing. David Montgomery uh, showed week in and week out that he is the guy, he's the man, he's able to handle that workload. He also posted 71 catches for 582 yards in college, and uh, recent reports have shown that he is going to be used as a pass catcher out of the backfield. My concerns with him are, do Tariq Cohen, the next running back we're going to talk about, does he eat into David Montgomery's receiving ability? He's on a rookie deal. He was not a first-round pick, so he's got a four-year deal coming up. Uh, Tariq Cohen, like we talked about, he's my running back 24. He's 23 years old, entering his third NFL season. He was the PPR running back 11 in 2018. He posted 71 catches on 91 targets for 725 yards and five touchdowns. Also added 444 yards in the ground with three rushing touchdowns. Same concern with uh, Cohen that I had with Montgomery. Are they going to eat into each other's receiving workload? Because that may drive the overall value of each player down. It might be good for the team, but it could drive their fantasy value down. 
He's in year three of a four-year rookie deal, so I would expect an extension to be talked about here soon as well. Uh, the pass catchers for Chicago, Allen Robinson, I have him as my wide receiver, 21. He's only 25 years old, so we talked about Kenny Galladay being 25. Allen Robinson's 25 years old, entering the sixth NFL season. In 13 games in 2018, he, he, felt, he dealt with some various injuries, most notably a rib injury that kept him out of some games. He was the wide receiver 40 in 2018, but he also has finished as a wide receiver six in his career. In 2018, he had 55 catches on 94 targets for 754 yards and four touchdowns. He's in year two of a three-year deal, which he signed in the 2018 offseason. Um, this year, he's practically not cuttable with a cap hit of $15 million and a dead cap of 14.2. But in 2020, his cap hits $15 million with a dead cap of only $2 million. So if he doesn't produce this year, it's something where I could see Allen Robinson getting cut. Um, the Chicago Bears drafted Anthony Miller last offseason. I have him as my wide receiver 35. He's 24 years old, entering his second year. He was often injured at, Me often injured at Memphis, and he's banged up most of 2018 as well. Um, for the Chicago Bears. He had 54 targets and hauled in 33 receptions for 423 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, much like Calvin Ridley, we talked about, does the volume rise to cover the drop in touchdown efficiency? To have seven touchdowns on 33 catches is pretty phenomenal. So does his reception total come up to meet that touchdown number? Uh, I guess we'll have to find out. But he's in a standard rookie deal, so he was not a first-round pick. Four-year deal, he's entering year two of that deal. Uh, and Trey Burton rounds out the receiving core for Chicago. I have him as my dynasty tight end number 19, and we can talk about that, fellas. But he's 27 years old. He's entering his sixth NFL season. He was the tight end number eight in 2018 in PPR formats. He had 54 catches on 77 targets for 569 yards and six touchdowns in 2018. He signed a four-year, $32 million deal. He's in his second year of that deal in the 2018 offseason. Uh, as we go forward, his cap hit, he really becomes cuttable probably in 2021 where his cap hits 8.8 .8 million and his dead cap's only 1.75. Anything before that, the Bears would only save about a million dollars. Um, his cap hit is – okay, so the, Trey Burton is a quality player, most notably known for his Philly special uh, to help the Eagles win the Super Bowl. But, uh, fellas, let's talk about the Chicago Bears. You started, Ben. No, Lou, you started because me and Nate are going off on a tangent here on, my, on Mitch Trubisky, so go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it's probably still going to happen, just so you guys know. But Trey Burton is your tight end 19. It's funny how we're starting off with the tight ends in this conference or this division. It's a so great – first of all, it's a great division. I think top to bottom <laughs> this division is, is very competitive. You look at the Bears, the Vikings – uh, the Packers are right at the bat, and obviously I'm a big Lions guy, but I think it's a pretty solid division, um, and we'll hit all. No, I, it's pretty, pretty I agree. Division. I agree, just because, I mean, again, we were in the – actually, and this was in the creative league that we have, the creative dynasty league, the listener league. Um, the only reason why I was even going to bet with you that the 49ers would have a better season is because I went and I had to look at – your league, just to be sure, I, I wanted to be sure what your league looked like, and I was analyzing it. I was like, yeah, I feel comfortable making that bet because they are – you guys do have a tougher division than we do. Right. So, Trey Burton, really your tight end 19. Yeah, let me pull up my, my tight end ranks here because just – so last year, yes, he was the number eight tight end in fantasy. But, man, last year the tight end landscape was horrific. And so – 
is him finishing as a tight end eight, is that kind of inflated by the down year for tight ends? I think so, honestly. Um, but I just – I don't see the value in – I mean, here, I'll ask you a question. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Trey Burton or Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews. Trey Burton or Chris Herndon? Trey Burton. Okay, see, and that's where we differ. I think Chris Chris Herndon's a better asset for that offense. Trey Burton or or Ian Thomas? Trey Burton. I see. Again, I disagree. I think Ian Thomas. The volume that Cam Newton pumps into the tight end position, I think Ian Thomas is 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 primed for a, a step up in volume once Greg Olson leaves. Trey Burton or Austin Hooper? Trey Burton. Really? Okay. All right. So it sounds like we're very different about the tight end position. Trey Burton or Irv Smith? Trey Burton. All right. I have Irv Smith. All right. <laughs> Trey Burton or Eric Ebron? <laughs> Trey Burton. Wow. Okay. I have Eric Ebron. All right. <laughs> Trey Burton or Vance McDonald? Uh, that's that's where he gets a nah. Overall, for if I have to go by season, Trey Burton. Okay. And then I have okay, Jacecki or Trey Burton. For dynasty value. Gusecki's probably going higher, but I would go Trey Burton. Okay, and so those are all guys I have ahead of Trey Burton just because I think the potential of those guys is higher than Trey Burton. I think we know what we have with Trey Burton. He's going to be a 50 to 60 catch guy, a 500 to 600-yard guy, and a 5 to 7 touchdown guy. But I think guys like Chris Herndon, Ian Thomas, Irv Smith, as we saw last year with Eric Ebron, Vance McDonald without a wide receiver two in Pittsburgh, Mike Jacecki. I think all of those guys offer incredible upside that is more than what Trey Burton can give me. So that, that's kind of why I have him pushed down a little bit. No, in that argument, I, I can see is just like for me with the Bears, it was his first year last year. Um, he's going to get that chemistry with, with Trubisky. The only, and that's what I'm saying, the concern that I can see is that the ball spreads around a lot in Chicago. Right. A lot of weapons. So so I can I can see that. I just feel like Trey Burton was really in a tight spot. That that can be his go-to guy. Mitch Trubisky's go-to guy because of his size, he can catch the ball. Um realistically, I mean everybody I'm seeing this year people are high on Goddard. Yep. But I mean Trey Burton and Goddard, I mean that was they're basically one in the same when they came out. Right. Um I have, I have Dallas Goddard as my number 10 dynasty tight end. And these are, these are fluid folks. These are something I move up and down based on week to week learning of stuff that happens, but his upside is incredible. I would rather have Dallas Goddard over Trey Burton based on athleticism, size and opportunity. But like you're saying, they were fighting neck and neck in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that just because, I mean, especially with Carson Wentz, you see Carson Wentz, he goes for the tight end. Uh, yes, it goes tight end, tight end, <laughs> tight end. Alshon. Yes. So, yeah, I, I I can see that, and I wouldn't argue that one. Sure. Even though tight end is a – he's a backup, Goddard is, is a backup to Ertz. But this year they may use him a little differently. But going back to the Bears, um, I actually want to hear Ben's take on Trubisky. All right. So, go me and Nate Enlighten me. put on a – Put on a little bet. Uh, will Mitch Trubisky finish as a QB6 or better or as a QB7 or worse? I'm in the boat of QB6 or better. Nate is on the other hand. And then 
another part of the bet was involving Tyler Murray and whether or not who will score the most points. And yes, I said Mitchell Kavisky over Tyler Murray. So feel free to at me at Twitter. Let's have a conversation about it. But my reasoning before it, for it though is on the two games that Mitchell Trubisky missed, if he would have played those two games without the shoulder injury that he had, he was averaging 18.8, 18.8 points a game. He would have finished somewhere between the QB 9 to 11 range. And you can check my math on that, but I believe he'd be in the 300s to the high 290s. It checks. Thank you. Good thing. Um, and yards would go up, TDs would go up, all that. And then people are saying he's going to be a QB2 this year. In the second year, with an offensive genius in Matt Nagy, in a system that has two very good running backs, one that can is a Swiss Army knife, can do anything. And remember, Treat Cohen did actually steal a touchdown pass from Mitch Trubisky. So True. that might happen again. Probably. Might not. <laughs> but then you're going to have Allen Robinson, who is not coming off an ACL tear, who is also True. in the second season or second year of a Matt Nagy offense. So I can also see the turnovers coming down a little bit because he's going to understand the system a little bit more. He's also going into his third year. So this is the year that, you know, quote unquote, you break out. True. So he has literally everything going in his way. His offense is outstandingly good. His defense is even better. And that actually might uh, harm him in fancy purposes. But if, like, if they're going to turn off and, you know, just run the ball. That means Mitch Trubisky had to do something that game because he's touching the ball every down as a quarterback. So if they're putting up massive amount of points or if they're winning a lot of games, Trubisky had to have done something that game, something sure. good. Oh, and I can get behind that. But what I think Mitch Trubisky, where he falls short as being a real NFL quarterback, is he has to deal with game script. When And, Ben, you know this from playing quarterback in college. Generally, when you roll out a, a week-to-week uh, game plan, you you script a good chunk of your first plays. Uh, for us in college, we script the first 10. Um, I don't know what you guys did at Western Michigan, but we have uh, a script. I those first 10 as well. Okay, so we have a script where we follow those. And, man, Mitch Trubisky looks absolutely phenomenal during the script because he knows what he's mm-hmm. doing, he knows what to expect, and he knows where the – He studied it. Exactly. Yeah. He spent all Saturday night in the hotel – Memorizing what he's supposed to do. Safety's going to do this. I'm throwing this. Safety does this. I'm doing that. Corners roll up. I'm doing this. Or I'm checking to that. But when he gets off script is where I worry about Mitch Trubisky. Yes, his his interception numbers went down last season, which is what we want to see. And as we push towards year three, I'm not saying Trubisky's quarterback 25. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to be around that quarterback 15 to 12 range where he's going to give you quarterback one weeks. But I do not see the upside, the exponential upside that we're talking about with Kyler Murray with Mitchell Trubisky because the defense is phenomenal. We've talked about that. Yeah, it got worse this offseason, but there's not he's not going to be – he's going to be in very few shootouts where he's going to have to outscore mm-hmm. the teams. And I think yep. his rushing totals are also what helps him out. 421 yards and three touchdowns. That's a lot of points. Is that something yes. – And correct me if wrong, but probably more than 80% of that weren't designed runs. They were just, hey, pocket broke down, I'm out. I'd not have to look a little bit closer, but – that, that seems like a pretty significant number for Mitch Trubisky. And so if the offense is getting better, if the offensive line is getting better, if the weapons are getting better, is he forced to break down and scramble as much? I don't know. No. So 
And that's where I see his numbers hovering right around where they were with that quarterback 15 finish. And, I, and I, I, he could be a little higher, he could be a little bit lower, but that's kind of where I see him. I just don't see that exponential upside. Yeah. No, I mean, again, I can see that, but you have, you know, Al Robinson as a wide receiver two. I have him, or I don't do rankings, but I would have him a little bit higher than that, in all honesty. Sure. You have both running backs as running back twos or higher. Yep. And then the Anthony Miller um, really depends if he's going to stay uh, injured or not, or if he can stay healthy. Because if not, I think a lot of the majority of the population think that he's going to take a step this year. Yep, I do. And then Lou, you have Trey Burton taking a massive step this year and being a tight end one. He was a tight end so, one last year. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Well, so, so you're telling me with everyone being what they're being, he's not going to produce at a QB1 level? It turns into Eli Manning last year. Saquon Barkley was a running okay, back. Okay, so we're going to compare yeah, but, Mitchell Trubisky to Eli Manning. No, no, I'm not. What I'm saying is the offensive structure, right? A quarterback – I mean, we I mean, we talked about this when we said, hey, if Saquon's going to be running back one, if OBJ is going to be a wide receiver one, and if Evan Ingram's yeah, going to be like, a tight end one. It's like playing defense, yes. Right, and then we, then, they, then of course the quarterback has to be boosted, and that was not the case last year with Eli Manning. I'm not comparing the two. I, I'm just making the offensive projection comparison. Yeah, that, no, I get I mean, that as well, but again, so, it's just. But what's to stop him from being he, Blake Bortles? He's got a phenomenal defense. He's got decent offense. So he actually has Allen Robinson <laughs> as well. But, but what's to stop him from like? It, why? Why isn't he Blake Bortles? What what separates because him? Because can actually complete a twenty yard pass on like Blake Bortles. Okay, and we'll have to the see. Ball into the air. Right, and that's so, something that I'm. What, you can plant your flag into being a top guy. I'm going to say he's going to be average. He'll be right around the middle, and he'll have weeks where yeah, he's going to run for a touchdown. He mean, dude, there was a week last year he threw for six freaking touchdown passes. That's incredible. Yeah, he had forty three points. Yeah, right. He had and the he most. Has in a three-week span, he had the most points ever by a fantasy quarterback. Sure, and that's and that's phenomenal. But that's three weeks out of the year. That's not a season. That's yeah. not week sixteen. That's not going to necessarily win my league. I'm, I'm yeah, I, I have I have Mitch as my uh, QB twelve for the year. Yeah, and, and that's I think that's a safe spot for him. And I, I think he could be QB nine. I do, but I I don't think he's he can jump into that upper echelon. I don't think he's going to fall below QB 15. I just see him as this middling quarterback who's going to have decent touchdown numbers and be supported by a rushing floor. That's what I think. You know who I have right above Mitchell Trubisky? Who's that? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and trust me, we can get on a tangent on that one too, but let's not because there's so many things that people are just – it's like being in love. You know, like you see – only the right things. You don't see the bad things. And that's everyone with Kyler Murray. So if you disagree with me, by all means, come at me on no, Twitter. We'll, I will. We'll have, an, we'll, have an episode. we'll have an episode here where we, I think where we, we all have our guys. We talk about our 2019 guys and our dynasty guys. I think that'd be fun for us to each sit down and pick two guys that we're, we're really on. And we sit here and we have a, and just do the whole show on it. Yeah. I agree. So why Ben loves uh-huh. Mitchell Trubisky. And I think Kyler Murray's better. So uh, moving on, because we could talk about this all day. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into the Green Bay Packers. Sorry, uh, before we do, yeah. this is just a, a plenty to keep your eye on about. Um, Emmanuel, uh, yeah, Emmanuel Hall from Missouri, rookie wide receiver, undrafted. Uh, let's say Allen Robin, Robinson doesn't pan out. That's more than likely going to be 
the replacement only because of size structure of how he is built. I believe he's three. Uh, he ran a four, three, something four, three, two. Yeah, very, area. Fast. very fast. Uh, he can fly. And with Nagy, I think that, you know, he could do something and what he's being bought for or taken for, it won't hurt to pay zero dollars of uh, fab on him or take him in the you know twenty fifth round of your startup drafts. Sure, as a taxi squad stash for sure, man. He's six yeah. two two zero one. Yeah. Okay, Green Bay Packers. So this is the perennial team that people think about. When they think about the NFC North. Think about the Green Bay Packers, and largely because of the great quarterback run that they've had with Brett Favre and now Aaron Rodgers. I have Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback five in dynasty value. He's 35 years old and entering his 15th season. Last season, he finished as a quarterback six, but he's got a new head coach who's known for being an offensive guru. Last season, he had 372 completions for 597 yards for 400, I'm sorry, 4,442 yards and 25 touchdowns with only two interceptions. Uh, His touchdown percentage was extremely low and well below his average. So I expect a significant bounce back positive regression on his touchdown numbers this year. Um, I'm not sure if you guys read the articles about his ego and all of the, the the issues with him and Mike McCarthy last season to the point where he stopped. Everybody remembers uh, Marquez Veldez Seantling's breakout um, where MVS actually listened to what Mike McCarthy wanted instead of what Aaron Rodgers wanted. So reports say that Aaron Rodgers stopped throwing to MVS because he wasn't listening to what Rodgers wanted and he was instead paying attention to the coach. So there are some concerns about his ego and uh, his choice in insurance. But he signed a four-year, $134 million deal. Uh, he's in year two of that deal. And he is practically uncuttable, period, Dot. He's not going to be able to get moved on from. I think there's really only one significant running back in Green Bay to own, Aaron Jones. I have him at running back 23. And I think that's a little bit low now that I'm saying it out loud. Uh, probably move him up into the 16 to 18 range. He's 24 years old. He's entering his third NFL season. Last season he was suspended for two games, and he missed two more games. Uh, in the 2018 season. He finishes the running back 24 with 728 yards rushing, eight touchdowns, averaged 5.47 yards per carry. He had 35 targets for 26 catches, 206 yards, and a touchdown. My big concern with him is if you want to jump into that elite running back tier, you have to have some receiving ability. And, and only 26 catches for 206 yards isn't, isn't really what we're looking for. We want to see around 50 catches before you can make that leap into the elite tier. He's in year three of his four-year deal. So the big question with him, and it's really hard to figure out, is he going to get an extension or are the Packers just going to draft to replace him by this incredible 2020 class? Um, wide receiver, I think there's really one guy we need to talk about, and it's Devontae Adams. I have him as my wide receiver one. I can understand him being as low as wide receiver two, but no lower than that. He's 26 years old. He's entering his sixth NFL season. Last year he finished as the PPR wide receiver number two. Had 169 targets in which he posted 111 catches, 1,386 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Uh, based on Rodgers only throwing 25 touchdowns last year, I mean, the guy had 50% of Rodgers' touchdowns. So if Rodgers is throwing for 40 touchdowns, I can significant, I can expect Adams' touchdown numbers to go up uh, even more. He signed an extension. He's in year two of that four-year extension, and he's uncuttable in 19, but his cap – hit in 2020 is 16.6 million, but goes down to 7.2. I do not foresee that moving on from Devonte Adams. Um, last position note is Jimmy Graham at tight end. Uh, I have him as my tight end 36 in dynasty value just because he's older, but he could be a significant play in 2019. He's 32 years old entering his 10th season. Last season, he finished the PPR number 12. 
He had 90 targets for 55 catches, 636 yards, and two touchdowns. For Jimmy Graham, those are pretty atypical touchdown numbers for himself and as well as, as Aaron Rodgers. He's in year two of a three-year deal that was worth $30 million. He is uncuttable this year, essentially won't save any money, but next season he makes $11.6 million with a dead cap of $3.6 million. So with Rodgers' touchdown numbers coming up, I can see Jimmy Graham's touchdown numbers coming up as well. The big question at Green Bay is who is the wide receiver to? Is it Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Is it Geronimo Allison? Is it Equinemius St. Brown? We don't know. And that's, that's the guy where you're going to find value. Is You're going to have to take Devontae Adams in round one. You, you have to. Um, but the wide receiver, two is going to score points. But who is that guy? Where are you going to get him at? So it's a total dart throw for me, fellas. And the last bit is Jay Sternberger. I actually have him as my tight end 24. He was drafted in 2019. Um, he's a great pass catcher out of Texas A&M. He's somebody that I think can build a rapport with Aaron Rodgers because they've tried to do Reynolds before with Martellus Bennett, Jared Cook, Jimmy Graham year one didn't work out that awesome. And so having Jay Sternberger there, I think, to build a relationship with Aaron Rodgers could develop into a red zone weapon for him. Guys, what do we think? Yeah, there's there's not much to say. I mean, if anything, what I would say is in a dynasty league, I would try to get both Allison and MVS if you can. I've actually done that in a few leagues just because you're you're right. If you can get the wide receiver too you're going to have good value and both are pretty cheap. Yeah. No, no, I agree. And like as much as I want to say it, the Packers are good. The Lions fan inside of me is not liking that, but the team's good. Um, Devontae Adams will probably be the wide receiver. or He's going to be a top three wide out without a doubt in my mind. Uh, the big value is like Nate said, finding that wide receiver too. Cause quote me if I'm wrong or sorry. Uh, Help me if I'm wrong. Uh, I believe the wide receiver two in most Aaron Rodgers offenses finished as a wide receiver two in fantasy, right? I'd have to go back and look for sure, but the, yeah, there's extreme value in that position. Yeah, yeah. there is. So if um, you can yeah, hit on one of those three guys, by all means, you you hit. Yeah, and I think with, the, with this team, it's pretty defined as who's what. You know who the wide receiver one is. You know who the RB one is, quarterback. You know who he is, tight end. Yeah. It's going to be Graham. What do you, so it's what do you guys think about Aaron Jones? Because he, he's he's a pretty polarizing player where he has the upside in an elite offense to be a running back one, but but is he? I mean, the receiving numbers are very low, and, and and granted, there's a coaching change, right? But he played in what 12 games last year and was under a thousand yards still. So I, I'm just curious. Yeah, five and almost five and a half yards per carry is pretty impressive, but low receiving ability. Is he the guy? Or are they moving on next year? I think this is the year to find out. Um, in Dynasty, he is a risk, I believe, Aaron Jones. I mean, he, he has – if he if it's him and they use him, I think he has – he can show he's going to be good. But also, if he is good, I, I can still see them going pretty high on a running back. Yeah, I mean, honestly, so one of my guys I like is Marlon Mack for the 2019 season because he's on a good offense, because he can see great work in the red zone. Aaron Jones is a similar trajectory where he, he's on a good offense. He could see a lot of work in the red zone. But I think Marlon Mack could, could get replaced next year. I think Aaron Jones yeah. could get replaced next year. I just don't know yet. And so, like you're saying, yeah. Lou, is he worth third or fourth round startup ADP? I don't know. He could be off your team next year. I, you know, I, I just don't know. And so that's not a risk I'm willing to take. Um, no, I've done, I've done a few dynasties this year, and I, ha- I have not selected him at all. Yeah. 
Fair enough, man. You guys got anything else for the Green Bay Packers? No, I, I don't, Ben. Nope, I am good. All right. All right. Well, before we get into the Vikings, let's get into this. I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on creatorrank.com. Brought to you by the guys at CPMC, this service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and creatorrank.com slash product slash CPMC. So my least favorite team in the NFC North is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, quarterback Kirk Cousins, I have him as my dynasty quarterback 13. He's 30 years old. He's entering his eighth NFL season. Last year he finishes the quarterback 12. Uh, he had 425 completions on 606 attempts for 4,298 yards, 30 touchdown passes with 10 interceptions. Um, they changed OCs midway through the season, and it appeared that that new offensive coordinator, uh, Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski, uh, appeared to be more run-heavy as opposed to slinging the rock around. So he signed uh, – Kirk Cousins signed a mega deal uh, last offseason. It was a three-year, $84 million guaranteed deal. He's currently in year two of that deal, and due to those guarantees, it's never reasonable to move on. And so when we talk about cap hit versus dead cap, talk about the number the team is going to pay versus the number of guaranteed money. And so because Kirk, contract, Kirk Cousins' contract was 100% guaranteed, his cap hit will always be uh, less than the guaranteed money. So they can't cut him, but it's, it's interesting to see if they're going to offer him another contract because with Case Keenum – at quarterback, they were able to make the NFC title game. Kirk Cousins comes in, eats up $30 million a year roughly, and they don't make the playoffs. So what, what is the move for the Vikings? Is that, are they going to keep Cousins? Are they going to move on? Uh, so that'll be interesting going forward. The running back to own in Minnesota is Dalvin Cook. I have him as my dynasty running back number eight. He's 23 years old. He's entering his third NFL season. He's only played in 15 games, though, across the two seasons he's been in the, eight, in the NFL due to an ACL tear and the subsequent hamstring issues from trying to come back too early from that tear. He finishes the running back 30 in 2018 on 615 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns, but averaged 4.62 yards per carry. His receiving numbers are pretty phenomenal, though. He had 49 targets, 40 catches for 305 yards and two touchdowns. This will be his third year of a four-year rookie deal, so I would expect an extension like we talked about to be talked about in the offseason. Uh, before 2020 or in that 2020 preseason. Uh, the Vikings have two pretty good wide receivers. Uh, the first one, Stefan Diggs. I have him as my current dynasty wide receiver number eight. He's 25 years old, entering his fifth NFL season. He finished as the wide receiver 10 in 2018 on 150 targets, 102 receptions for 1,021 yards and nine touchdowns. He signed a five-year extension in 2018. He's in year two of that deal. Uh, his numbers don't get really cuttable probably until the 2020 season where his cap hits $14.5 million with a dead cap of $9 million. But I don't see the Vikings moving on from him at all. He's a tre tremendous talent, and his highest cap hit is $15 million. So that's, that's pretty good value for uh, such an elite wide receiver. The second wide receiver is Adam Thielen. I'm a little bit lower than the community on Adam Thielen. Uh, than everybody else seems to be. I have him as my wide receiver at 20. He's 28 years old, and he's entering his seventh NFL season. In 2018, he posted 
113 catches on 155 targets for 1,373 yards and nine touchdowns. If you guys remember correctly, he tied Calvin Johnson for the most consecutive 100-yard games to start the 2018 season. We fell off significantly after the offensive coordinator change. He signed a four-year extension currently in the first year of that, and much like Diggs, uh, it's kind of hard to cut him. It doesn't make sense to cut him, but in 2021, his cap hits $13.4 million, whereas dead cap's only $5.4, so they could maybe move on after the 2020 season. Vikings have two tight ends A note. Kyle Rudolph, he's 29 years old, entering his ninth season. Last year, he was tight end number seven. I don't know if you guys felt like he was a tight end number seven, but he was the PPR tight end seven in 2018. Had 81 targets, 64 catches for 634 yards and four touchdowns. He just signed an extension. We talked about that in a previous show. Uh, where his cap hit is decreased for 2019, but increases significantly throughout the rest of the deal, all the way up to $11.65 million in 2023. Um, there's speculation that this could be a deal to make sure that Irv Smith is good to go. Assign Kyle Rudolph and make sure that he can spin up Irv Smith or that Irv Smith is good to play in the NFL. Uh, before changing the guard over to Irv Smith. And so I have Irv Smith as my tight end 15. He's only 20 years old, so he's super young, and he's entering his rookie season here. He was a second-round pick in 2018, number 50 overall. At Alabama in his last season, he had 44 catches for 710 yards and seven touchdowns. It's a standard second-round uh, rookie pick contract, so he's got a four-year deal, uh, like we talked about. So Rudolph just signed that extension. Does that hurt his value, or is it setting – Smith up to not be pressured into playing early. Uh, guys, what do you think about Minnesota? Go ahead, Ben. Um, um, it just comes down to Kirk Cousins for me. I mean, Adam Thielen, I'm, I'm with you, Nate. I don't think that he comes back close to what he was for the first eight games of the season. I think there's a significant drop-off for both wide receivers because of the new OC that's coming in who wants to run more. And then that's going to fall on Dalvin Cook, and can he stay healthy? If not, uh, Alexander Mattinson is a perfect uh, scoop and stash in the later rounds. Uh, when it comes to Kirk Cousins is, can he – I know this isn't mostly fantasy, but can he do it when it comes down to teams that are good? Because – he was terrible against the teams that were actually good, and he was great against teams that were bad last year. So can he turn around and just be good all year round? And if he can, I think he could actually win you some leagues. But just with the new OC and everything else, I think they're going to try to take the ball out of, out of his hands for the most part and try to let Dalvin Cook run it. So do they bring him back after next season? Um, if we're do talking real football, yeah, or do they draft a guy? Yeah, because his um, deal expires after 2020, and you got yeah, I Trevor that, Lawrence is the name to know in 2021. I mean, obviously, they're probably not going to be picking one overall, but yeah, I mean, in the class, are they taking he, a rookie quarterback? I feel like if he doesn't take them to the playoffs and at least into a deep run, I don't, I don't see him doing it. The money won't add up to it, and I think yeah, they'll let him go. Yeah, he'd have to take a discount, in my opinion. They need results, or he needs to move on. You know, and, and that's just yeah. what I think the Vikings want to do. <laughs> now, does to bring up Washington, do they look smart now for not signing Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal? I don't think Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback. I mean, forty-three hundred yards, thirty touchdowns with ten picks is not is not bad. It's it, it's just the this gets into more than just fantasy football, but roster construction. If you're going to pay. 
a significant percentage of your cap to one position, it's really hard to build the rest of that team unless you're hitting on these other positions in the draft. And so that's why I think you see teams like the LA Rams, you see teams like the Philadelphia Eagles make these playoff pushes and these Super Bowl runs because they have a quarterback that's on a smaller cap number. So they're, they, they're able to go out and pay more money for established veterans at other positions that can help them get to a Super Bowl with a cheaper contract at quarterback. Yep. No, I agree. Yeah, Delvin Cook, I mean, he's has great potential. I mean, you see plays where this dude, he has wiggle. Yeah, he's super evasive. Yeah, it's just, I mean, he's been injured, and it just, I mean, not until, what, at the end of the season last year did he really start coming into play. But you haven't had full seasons from him, so there's risk. Is he a good running back? Yes. Can you rely on him? Maybe. Yeah, he could hit and be phenomenal, or he could keep playing injured and be nothing for you. And then when it comes to Diggs and Thielen, I mean, I love Diggs even when he was a rookie. But there's always been, you know, he's going to take the step, but still has not done it. So, again, there's risk with Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Can it finally be this year? Yes. But at the same time, I feel like with Kirk Cousins, when he finds his wide receiver or – I should say his target, just like in Washington with Jordan, Jordan Reed, Reed yep. he he targets him. And I think that's what Adam Thielen is to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And so I guess my question is how much more of a step does he have to take if he was a wide receiver 10 last year? What What is elite for you then? If, if he's wide receiver 10, wide receiver 5, like what what makes him? I mean, not it's just – I guess for me it's consistency. Okay. Is can, can he do it week in game week in out. and game that out? That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, Marvin Jones can be a wide receiver one. Right. Per week, once a week, you know, not necessarily week in, week out, though. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's what I mean. I want him to be the guy. It's it just – I know wide receivers normally aren't – like a wide receiver one is consistent 64% of the time, at least last year. Right. And Stefan Diggs, 43% of the time. Yeah, significantly lower. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, so I think – the takeaway from the NFC North guys is that there's a lot of talented wide receivers. There's a lot of talented tight ends. The quarterbacks are coming around, but this is a very fantasy relevant division. Uh, it should be a very competitive division. I'm excited to watch and see what, what, what comes out of this division for uh, fantasy football players. No, I agree. And, and it's just, it's going to be a tough division for you guys. It really is. 2019. Super Bowl. 2019. Super Bowl. This is the year. Getting a tattoo. Nah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And now, the prospect of the week. Of the week. All right, so the prospect of the week this week, we have uh, Wisconsin junior running back Jonathan Taylor. Weighs in at uh, 219 pounds, stands at five foot eleven. He was the number 24 running back in the 2017 high school class. Some of his career stats, he's played in 27 games at Wisconsin, rushing for 4,171 yards with 29 rushing touchdowns. Averages 6.9 yards per carry. He has 16 receptions for 155 yards. Uh, these are absolutely Looney Tunes numbers. He's averaging 154 rush yards a game and over a touchdown. Guys, when you 
NCAA 14, you had your PlayStation 3. Jonathan Taylor is the guy you used to make in your road to glory where he would just blow everybody away. You're playing on freshman level, and he is crushing people. And so much like Melvin Gordon at Wisconsin, incredible rushing numbers, but kind of a question mark in the receiving game. And so that, for me, he's my running back three in the 2020 class. Uh, but I don't necessarily think he can't catch the football. I just think it's not how Wisconsin wants to use their running backs. I mean, James White played at, Washington, at Wisconsin. He wasn't necessarily this elite receiving back, but as we've seen in the NFL, that's something he can definitely do. So I'm very excited about Jonathan Taylor and his potential uh, in the NFL, and I think he probably has a second-round grade. He might be a late first-round guy, but definitely a first-round pick in uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football drafts for the 2020 class. So where do you have him ranked amongst, amongst your uh, rookies right now? He's my number three running back, and he's probably in the top six overall. I haven't done a composite board yet, uh, just position rankings, but uh, just looking at my top five wide receivers and top five running backs, he's probably in the top six, I would say, at least. All right, and, and maybe later um, throughout the season, maybe more closer in the middle of the season, maybe good if we can get a ranking of, of kind of maybe – or no, you're doing an article, right? Uh, yeah, so I, I post, a, I, I try to at least every two weeks post an article of the top five in each position, and I'll be highlighting studs and duds from the week over at creatorrank.com uh, for the 2020 class and prospective 2020 NFL draft entrance. And then it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going to be doing an article about where you're going to kind of compare draft class, right? Yeah, and so I think that's important to understand and, and see where stuff falls is I'm going to be doing a 2018, 2019, and 2020 uh, inter-ranking, for instance. So uh, the 2018 class, you know, let's, just, let's talk about wide receivers. DJ Moore was in that class. 2019, you know, highlighted by Nikhil Harry in 2020s, highlighted by Jerry Judy. And so I'm going to have like a top 10 or top 15 um, and see where these rank. So I want you guys to understand the value. If you really like DJ Moore, I'm telling you, Jerry Judy is a much better prospect than DJ Moore. If you really like Nikhil Harry, Jerry Judy is much better than Nikhil Harry. So if you're in on those guys, I want you guys to understand and see where Jerry Judy's value is. So when you're moving these picks and you're trading around, where your 2021st is worth. It's going to be worth more than DJ Moore. So I, if you're taking Jerry Judy, you have the opportunity for Jerry Judy. Okay, so buy all the 2021st round picks you can. Yes. Ben, what do you think about Jonathan Taylor? Do the – Done. I uh, before I uh, saw games of DeAndre Swift, I actually went out and traded with a guy in one of my leagues, uh, back in the 2018 season, and purposely gave up two first rounders just to get his first rounder in 2020 because I know it's going to be the 101 because he's going to be tanking that year, and it was to get Jonathan Taylor, but. So, yeah, like the kid's good. Kids, like like you said, on NCAA 14, like you would just create this kid and you would win four Heismans with his numbers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, and just coming out of Wisconsin, like it's basically an old lineman factory and a running back factory. And the biggest question is, can he catch? I don't know. Every Wisconsin running back that's come out of it has shown that they can. So I'm going to assume, yes, he can. But that's uh, just an unknown for right now until he gets into the NFL. Yep, and I've got him behind Travis Etienne right now of Clemson, and he's Etienne's come out and said he does not feel comfortable catching the football. So that's one of the things where I might push Taylor ahead of him. Um, 
because of that. And today's NFL, you need to be able to catch the football to produce at an elite level uh, for fantasy football running backs. Yep. Agreed. In our last segment, let's go ahead, Ben. All right. So we have a uh, twin roster for you all. And Nathan, you have the uh, Twitter handle, do you not? Yep, her Twitter handle is at Nessa8132. Gotcha. So when I looked at her team and I looked at everyone else's team in the league, uh, your biggest weakness right now is depth pieces, especially at the running back position. You have James Conner and Derrick Henry as your two studs, and then after that it drops off to Chris Thompson, Adrian Peterson, and Deion Lewis, which is very hard to get behind. So – for a trade that I made for you is to go big and to sell James Conner and sell it to the plastered Patriot. Nice. Good name. (laughs) Uh, For Lamar Miller, Cortland Sutton, and David Montgomery. So the trade would look like uh, you would give up James Conner in a 2022nd for David Montgomery, Cortland Sutton, and Lamar Miller. And on the website that I do these trade or to calc these trades out to see if they're even fair or way off is Dynasty League Football and use their calculator. And on it, it is a 710 for the uh, David Montgomery uh, side, and for the James Conner side, it's 690. So it's a 20 point difference. So you could potentially throw in like a 2023, 2024, and it would even out. Right. So it's a move that I think you should do to build up more depth for yourself and make more of a run for the playoff and the championship. Because if you're losing every bye week that your studs are in, you're not going to have a good time. Fair enough. I think that's, it's good value. Uh, I have concerns about James Conner as a workhorse running back. And uh, I'm, I'm big into David Montgomery and I really like uh, Cortland Sutton. Lamar Miller kind of alleviates losing Conner right off the bat in case Montgomery is kind of late to bloom. But I think that's a good deal where you get better uh, depth because I think your high-end pieces are pretty good. But as far as depth, because things happen, injuries happen, players get suspended, stuff like that, it's, uh, it's, I think that's a good trade for you. Do we know if this is a tight end premium? I am unaware if it's tight end premium. Same. If, it, it, just out of, if it's not, also what I would probably do for me and you guys may not agree, but I'd probably look at trading Travis Kelsey because you can probably get a good amount, something like a Trey Burton and another piece just to get that depth. Sure. Um, and then James – but if with James Conner, I would say that if you're going to trade him or even Derek Henry, make sure you get another running back. Like for that team specifically, get um, at least a Miller because you're going to yep. need more running back depth. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Good breakdown, buddy. Thank you. Remember to follow the show at Creator Rank and then also go to creatorrank.com and do your own rankings. They're up there. You can build them yourself. Like we said, the best strategy, and actually that was our from our last show, but the best strategy really is to be ready and stay ready. Yeah, the draft. Uh, startup season's coming, guys, with probably two weeks till preseason starts kicking off. So just uh, – have your have your rankings ready to go and, and draft and be an athlete when the draft and the board falls to you. Yeah. And Nate, where can they find you on Twitter? At FF Big Cat. Ben, 
at BenDrezFF. And you can find me, One King FFB. Everyone have a good day. See ya. Peace.